Welcome to the Corporate Legal Ops Consortium podcast, where we dive deep into conversations with technology and legal ops thought leaders from across the ecosystem. This is Clock Talk. I'm your host, Jen McCarran. I'm on the board of directors at Clock, and I lead the Netflix legal operations and technology team. On this episode, we're dropping into the podcast lounge at Clock's 2023 EMEA Summit in London, where I'm joined by Tom Rice, head of legal ops and customer experience strategy at Travel Perk, based out of Barcelona in Spain. We get into what hypergrowth looks like, his transition from being a commercial lawyer to a legal ops leader, and getting your legal templates or forms house in order. Because there's no magic switch to flip with contract technology, nor GPT inside a legal department. Hope you enjoy the episode. Tom Rice, welcome to Clock Talk. Thanks, Jen. Great to be here. Tom, you just came off stage a little while ago. Yes, I did. Yeah. Is the post-stage glow? Are you coming down or are you pumped up? How are you feeling? Halfway between, I think. Yeah, you come off quite pumped up. And yeah, I'm on my way down, yes. but rising again as we speak. Rising as we speak. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we'll come down together. Tom, you're legal director at Travel Perk, commercial and technology lawyer. You're based in Barcelona. I am. But yeah. you sound British. Yeah. So I'm originally from Manchester, yes. in the north of England. But yeah, so life's taken me to Barcelona and it's dealt me a good hand in that respect. Uh, Barcelona is a wonderful city. Do you speak Catalan, however? <laughs> I don't personally know, but that is the language of choice in yeah, Barcelona. Yeah, deeply. Do you speak Espanol? Un poco. Okay. They'll honor Spanish. Yeah, through gritted teeth, they'll honor Spanish. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that. I, I speak nothing of both languages. <laughs> and when I'm in Barcelona... So they honor English as well quite a lot of the time, so you'll, you'll be fine. Jeff. Yeah, when I first went there 10 years ago, they were just not having me. And it was kind of a lonely trip and a solo trip. So I was like, interesting, come back next time with 10 Spanish words. Yeah. And and hopefully I could help show you the ropes. What is Travel Perk? Tell us. So Travel Perk's a B2B travel management platform where it's slightly unique and revolutionary in that space is that it's actually just a SaaS platform. So it's delivering an equivalent experience to you, an employee, that's comparable to, say, a booking.com or a Skyscanner. Sure. There's intelligent overlay for corporates around travel policies and different things like that. Amazing. And is Barcelona headquarters? Barcelona's headquarters, ultimate parents in America, but yeah. Oh, okay. American parent company, Barcelona headquarter for Travel Park. Yes. Well, we have offices throughout the States. I think we have four there, London and in Berlin. Oh, fantastic. What a nice options spread. Yeah. The travel in and travel management company is not too bad. Yes. What a great spread of offices that you get to visit. How big is the legal department or tell me how big the company is. Revenue employees legal. So we talk about ARR. So last year we posted. Yes. Equivalent. Yeah. So last year we posted, I think it was something close to 140. Amazing. The people side of the business has grown exponentially. We added 300% in headcount last year. So We're one of those hyperscales. So I think we're at close to 13, 1400 people now. And we're a legal team of eight. Oh, jeez. So startup-y, hyper-growth, 300%. So that's something like 400, 800, 12 to 1400 in a year? Yes. Bonkers. Yeah. And and you're eight people. So you see commercial and tech lawyer. How many hats do you really wear? 
So, I, I mean, I was conscious to introduce that on stage, but I'd say the hat I'm currently wearing is, and the head of our sort of legal ops and customer experience strategy. Amazing. So, a sort of forgiving my past and moving on with my future a little bit. Oh, what, a, what a great phrase for <laughs> yeah, that, forgiving yeah. past to move on with the future. Yeah. So when you're scaling that quickly, when the customer base, and that's probably the most important thing is scaling that quickly, then yeah. obviously intelligent legal design becomes paramount. And also for our user base, I mean, it's a very young company and that's reflected in the average age. So we don't do conventional luring and it's all about delivering legal as a product through the user experiences and platforms of the business, basically. I love that. Were you the first person in legal to look at ops or start with a strategy or did you have any legal ops? No, absolutely not. I mean, Andy, who's on stage now as we speak, he's very tech forward. The team is as exceptionally tech forward. Gabby works in legal ops at Google prior to joining Travel Perks. So we are blessed with some good talent. You got got some bench there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But eight people. Eight people, yeah. And you just named one to three individuals of eight. Yeah, yeah, no, and obviously I do a disservice to Stefan, Chris, Volker, Jan, and Sophie as well, yeah. Amazing. Wow, that's very early. Who's the visionary behind this to say, we're small, we're startup, we're early stages, we need ops first? We haven't ever made that conscious decision, actually. I think Andy did a great job when he came in and that preceded me, but he sort of united the team around like this vision for we are change, we are dis- demystification and we yeah. all need to be happy. Yeah. So whatever we do needs to orient towards that. And then yeah. operationally, like a few of us have helped realize that, I think. So you're talking about putting solutions at the fingertips of the business yes. so that they get what they need from legal. I'm snapping my fingers like that. It's biasing speed. What's one of the main solutions you can call out that is an example of that? Yeah, so our vision actually has evolved and we're now like obsessed with the idea that we'll do this so well that people won't realize they're experiencing a legal service when they are either co-piloting with our content or generating a document. And so on the sales side of the business, they obviously generate documents out of Salesforce. They do that pretty intuitively. We drag data from Salesforce all quite intelligently. They generate it, they ship it, they work autonomously. And if there is any sort of negotiation or challenge, they have access to a a sort of coach that is GPT-4 powered. Oh. That also allows them to, without reliance, like we talk about collapsing the stakeholder stack on that one, but autonomously continue the deal negotiation. So a GPT powered negotiation coach. So that's kind of like a level one lawyer or. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so the idea is even your paralegal or contract manager now gets moved a level back in the chain so they can be focusing on other problems to solve. Exactly. New types of deals for you guys to go into with lawyers and the GPT powered. Is it like a playbook? Yeah. So, I mean, you talked about problems to solve. We're obsessed with problems to solve, Mm -hmm. but it's really quite interesting because I think those people actually have reorientated. They've realized that the value of their work is creating something that's super scalable. So they're writing stories about our SaaS agreement. They're writing stories about clauses in it. They're writing stories around like how-to guides when you might've triggered a playbook. So they've reoriented the workflow. And then one thing that we're getting exceptionally good at now is we know the boundaries of a negotiation, 
we can track these things iteratively. We collect metadata on them and that just compounds the flywheel really. It gets quite interesting. Well, with a playbook that's programmed into technology, before GPT, you can measure how many times did saleswoman jump from base terms to clause three? Why did she do that 90% of the time? Clause three maybe should be the new clause one. Mm. And then you have GPT offering this up. Are they prompting something to do that? What's the engagement like with sales folks and a GPT powered tool? What does it look like? So essentially, I won't give too much secret sauce away, but they will channel the challenge into the bot. Well, there's a little bit around the bot automatically ingesting it and providing them clarity immediately as to this is the travel book position and these are the options available to you, a kind of how-to guide. Cool. And then they go from there and it can help them with the correspondence as well. My dream, Tom, is to have everything playbooked. (laughs) <laughs> a neat metadata bowl, metadated way. We share the same dream. We share the same dream. <laughs> what degree of preparation did you and the team have to do to make sure that the GPT gives your end users something good? Yeah, it probably starts with the boring stuff. So yeah. like we stripped everything back, including our SAS agreement late last year. Yeah. And when you strip back, you try to recognize where the sort of boundaries are so you stripping could, back the SaaS agreement, you took yeah. the form for some of your main sales deals and said, blow this thing up. Yeah. It's and like, look it, at every parameter, every word, every clause and, and reassemble it in a way that is simpler. Yeah. And I think obviously to our roots, if we're a hyperscaler, that thing was being built on over time yeah. and it was becoming complex by design, which meant you couldn't sort of intelligently build in programmatic playbooking. So we stripped it all back. This we felt this is what best in class looks like. And actually we now know because these clauses aren't bountiful where they'll be negotiated and yeah. built from there. That is the work. And you say it's boring. That is the foundational preparational work. Hey, it's quite creative. Hey? I think it's immensely creative. I have members of my team working on that now and they're operationalizing the insides of the contract. Yes. Yeah. So that the contract can work inside the technology. And then I have another portion of the team where we operationalize with the tech on the outside four walls of the contract. Yeah. I think it is a brilliant puzzle and simplifying and challenging yourself with a law background and some other, I, I presume lawyers on the team, challenging yourselves to challenge yourselves and not just have longer forms that have words on words, just because they exist on their own, but with a new end goal, simple, inside a tool, speed for your salespeople. Oh my God. I'm really into this. Good. good. I'm I'm really into what you're doing (laughs) and I'm so impressed. It's very approachable. For sure. And like, we can get all nerdy about the actual tech and how we've done it, but like the origin is a problem to solve we're growing exponentially. Like we talked about 300% headcount growth, but I wouldn't scare me to think about the customer growth. So how do we get out of the way? How do we pump yeah. velocity into that? And that's the original problem to solve. And the other stuff just is working backwards from that. And now a brief message from our sponsor. Have you ever noticed that it's a huge pain to answer a question about a contract your company has signed? There are all these amendments 
or pieces are missing? Why isn't this version executed? Do you find yourself running around like a maniac trying to piece together 30 related agreements with the same counterparty? Or maybe you've had that embarrassing moment where you've asked the counterparty if they have a copy. Well, you're not alone. This is an industry-wide phenomenon of utter dysfunction. Knowable is the executed agreements company. They're making the world safe from contract chaos, one enterprise at a time. Visit them at www.knowable.com. And now, back to the podcast. Do you, the team or the tech folks running Salesforce and everything, do you guys measure velocity? Do you measure deal times? Yes, we do. Yeah, we measure time to close. So, yeah. Yes, that is, I think, one of the penultimate metrics of us as an ops team. If contracts are in your strategy and accelerating the speed of the deal, which it is for many high volume contract shops, which is where I tend to work. So lay it on me. You must have seen some baseline time measurements. Yeah. Pre-GPT enabled, maybe you had just a basic enabled playbooking. Can you comment on any changes in deal velocity since you've been GPTing some of the negotiating? GPT is the actual cherry on the cake. I actually would attribute a lot of our success to our CLM. We use Ironclad. Yeah, so... We started really actively tracking time to close pre the big SaaS agreement transformation last August. So we actually spoke last week at the Sales and Marketing Connect. And yeah, deals are going 400% faster. 400% faster, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. I mean, that is how you respond to hyper growth is hyper speed. (laughs) Andy loves hyperspeed, so you'll delight him with that reference. Yes, and if, yeah, if I were making... The marketing video for your team to your leadership and board, it would be the Star Wars. We we hit the button and the lights just went to beams. Yeah, but actually some of the things that we've built for have actually been customer-led. So the sales org have done quite a bit of work as well. Yeah. Wow. I need a second, 400%. Yeah. Lights. So, and, And the reason that globally is agnostic of a GPT powered bot. The GPT cherry on the cake thing comes when we look at, say, enterprise prospect customers' time to close is 11 and a half days, of which of that, I think 26% is with us. So that's three or four days. Like we can eat into that number with something like a GPT-powered coach. I think that's a powerful call out here is that a 400% jump is not due to GPT. No, not at all. It's due to that foundational work of simplifying forms, their clauses, their fallbacks, trimming things up so that they're optimized for this strategy you've had as a team, a Salesforce to ironclad, mostly self-service, get the deal done. Yeah, exactly. And then the GPT is the cherry on the cake. So you get a few points here and there, but... That foundational work is still the most important thing that we should not overlook. And as Wendy Butler Curtis was just on saying, there's no switch to flip with GPT. It's still a part of a continuum of get your forms house in order. Absolutely. Your playbooks in order. Get your legal team aligned around making this puzzle simpler, stripping it down, then load it into amazing technology that is connected like Salesforce to Ironclad. The reason we chose Ironclad is 
one vision of ours, which I explained earlier, is to get our products into other people's user experiences. So yeah. why we chose Ironclad might be very different to why somebody else does, and it's because it's got a super clean and crisp Salesforce integration. Ironclad is the vehicle I can drive into Salesforce with, but then it's actually your content, your creativity, your workflow design that then really is the performance angle, isn't it? And another important distinction, the CLM choice we all have to make is different. There's no one prescription exactly. that fits all. And many Ironclad and the others in the CLM suite offer incredible features, Salesforce integration native to Ironclad. They had some big announcements last year with just how integrated they are with Salesforce. So you can really get that metadata flowing. Exactly. Yeah. And we pull a lot of data from Salesforce. Yeah, of course. Yeah. A lot of the deal data comes over. Exactly, yeah. And we prepare quarterly retro on deals. And even producing that is really interesting, creative work. And I think as a team, it speaks to us as to like, we want to drive value back. So your forms get served up from Ironclad. And are you so, ge yeah, generating and doing... Aesthetically to the user, because Ironclad's so well baked into Salesforce, they just see that they've ticked a few boxes and they've generated an order form. They're still, aesthetically to them, they think they're still in Salesforce. Yeah. They ship it out and we go from there. And then you've got the integrated dashboard, which is where all the correspondence is. Amazing. It goes out for signature. It comes back in and then boom, it's filed. Just dream situation here, CLMing. 400 percenting. I love this. And I think it's an important point to underscore. GPT is the cherry on the top of a very complex cake. We have all been building and baking for years. That yeah. It's no silver bullet. And we need to keep going on the foundational work, but know what its capabilities are. So you know how to prepare contracts and playbooks to have a bit of that further language automation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the foundational work has never been more important because a lot of the reason why you would do it is to give the technology the opportunity to superpower you. Like, I think there's a way that technology works well, and you probably know this, Jen. But yeah, I have a sense for it. Yeah. yeah. I'm envious that you're cooking with gas a little bit, but for the first 30 to 50 in legal, I am cooking with gas. So I just have to get to about 970 more. Just kidding. Is this your first clock? It's my first clock. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Not that I'm watching you or attendance <laughs> or in big brothering or anything. Oh, so I, did, I did a webinar for clock in June or July, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah. I what don't was, know if you big brother watched that. Yeah, I did. I see it all. What was the topic on that? Chat GPT it for was, legal. Yeah. yeah. You're all about that GPT. Yeah, I'm the scene. GPT guy. But uh, yeah. I'm out there preaching for sort of foundational boring drudgery, but yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. Welcome to your first clock in London. You haven't therefore been to the Vegas Clock Institute? I've heard wonderful things, but no, I've not been. Yeah, another good show. It's uh, about 400% the size of this one. <laughs> Just, I'm all about 400%. Yeah, that, that's yeah. your number. <laughs> and it's really fun. GPT dominated the airwaves there this year as well. It was more in the, the bullseye of the media storm that was ChatGPT. We've moved outside the circles of the bullseye a bit and it's great because now we can more calmly break all of this up and go, where do we begin? 
which I think you've highlighted really well today. We have to get you over to Vegas, though. I probably wouldn't take much convincing. No? No. Well, well, we'll travel perk. (laughs) (laughs) They might take convincing, but but, yeah. But it's travel and it's a perk. They should be sending you, yeah. And you said other members of your team are here as well. Yeah, so we've got Andy speaking downstairs with Mary. Andy's last name... Is Cook, and he's the general counsel. The general counsel of Travel Park. Uh, right, he's speaking with Mary. Yeah, revolutionizing change management as we speak. And we've got Stefan in the audience, who's particularly passionate about legal ops. Amazing, revolutionizing change management. The people piece is the piece in all of this. Yeah. That is the long tail. It's what we have to solve for. Was there a change management component with sales and your end users, and was it heavy? Andy's better at speaking about the people piece, but I can sort of inform like the approach and strategy we yeah. sort of established with the sales team. I think essentially that we firmly believe in delivering legal as a product. One thing we started last August around the time we started to actively track time to close is identifying who our super users were in the yeah. business. And that was in part for the team. That's to say, don't worry, as this sort of employee count scales rapidly, you're actually only servicing 85 people. And there's eight of us, so that's pretty manageable. But actually get out there every quarter and interview them. Where's the friction? What's the problem? And then you're going to bring back to me a lot of problems to solve. And we're going to get really creative about how we try and solve them. Yeah, which turns into more features, more roadmap, more ideas. Classic start. Find your super user group, one per unit or business unit or team empower them first. Now you have an inner circle and they serve as an extended network, eyes and ears for you. They can help folks in their team navigate and push through some of those bumps that are inevitable when they start out. Yeah. And and the biggest thing they can do for you as well is they can champion you. Legal doesn't work if legal is out in the business trying to champion itself. You actually need these people to go, oh, some interesting things are happening. Yeah. That's the first order network outside you and then maintaining this consistent, constant contact and two-way with them over time. You guys are cooking over there. At some point, I have to see all of this in action. You should come demo it at the next clock. Or bring your Catalan to Barcelona, Jen. Or bring me to Catalan. I (laughs) can be convinced to come to Barcelona and go on a tapas eating binge. Yeah, we, we can do that. Yes. Well, Tom, thank you for coming on Clock Talk today. It was lovely to have you on and what great insights for the people. Well, thanks for having me on, Jen. Appreciate it. All right, we'll see you out there. Cool. That about wraps up this episode. Thank you, Tom, for coming on the podcast today and for sharing your thoughts. Catch this and other episodes of Clock Talk wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Until next time.